0: everyone. My name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is, I believe, like the third episode in the series of me trying to be more forthrightly vulnerable. And I think today's episode is very appropriate because just as a, of course, as an individual that you know, experienced um, childhood trauma and then had to sort of grow up and recognize these behaviors, the behaviors that we're going to talk about today is definitely a cornerstone of a crux of myself personally. And I just love talking about it. It's also something I've been working on personally lately. And I think a lot of us, whether trauma survivors or not, can relate to this coping mechanism mechanism bit, a bit of a defense mechanism that we've built up. So with that, we have a wonderful young lady today who is giving us the privilege of sharing her experiences, an individual who is made of metal, because I feel like anybody who can come on and look themselves in the proverbial... Uh, virtual mirror (laughs) and, you know, share these experiences is a very strong individual because it takes a lot of inner moxie, I guess. It takes a lot of self-awareness. There's a word that I'm thinking of that I'm struggling to come up with, but (laughs) the gist is it takes a lot to come out and be honest with yourself and be honest with the public. So with that, Callie, thank you so much for being on.
1: I truly appreciate it. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Yes, and we are excited to have you. So like I said, I don't want to give, I never try to give too much about the individual because I just like for them to share in their own words. Um, So please feel free to jump right in and introduce yourself.
1: Sure. So my name is Callie Hughes, and I am a nurse practitioner and I'm a self care coach for primarily female entrepreneurs and side hustlers. And my path to that was not very direct. I, you know, kind of as Ari alluded to in the intro, I have struggled a lot with perfectionism and people pleasing, as I think a lot of people in the helping um, industries tend to. <laughs> I think that it's kind of one Absolutely. of those really prevalent underlying traits in the people mm. in the people in like healthcare and also just like our generation in general it's so prevalent like the perfectionism and the people- pleasing yeah. tendencies and <laughs> yeah
0: yes the need to to kind of like keep the cool let's keep it all cool yeah. let's keep everybody happy just shine away from it all the negative emotions and yeah, oh don't yeah rock the boat. yeah definitely.
1: Like, mm-hmm. just, you know, mm-hmm. make it look good on the outside. Go with the flow. <laughs> All <Yes>. of those. <laughs> yes. All of those, yes. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And so one of the things that I've really struggled with in the past is the people-pleasing. But the thing is that I didn't realize that it was a struggle and it was kind of the crux of a lot of the different issues I was seeing in my life. I kind Mm. of, you know, back before I really started on my own personal healing journey, I thought that it was basically like one of my superpowers. I was like, yeah, I'm just like really good at knowing how people feel and being able to like, you know, make them happy. And, you know, I'm just, I always thought, um, like, I remember specifically when I was younger, like a teenager, back when like Twilight came out and everything. And like, you know, Edward had that superpower (laughs) of like, he could like tell what people were thinking. I was like, I think I have that superpower. No, like years later, oh my God, yes. <laughs> years later, yes. it's like, no, I'm just like a toxic <laughs> empath and I have issues with people pleasing. <laughs> That's my problem. It's not a superpower.
0: <laughs>
1: it was so much more
0: romantic when it was oh, a superpower. I know, though. I know. Especially around the
1: twilight time. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, seriously. That's perfect. Uh, That is
0: perfect.
1: (laughs) But, yeah, so it's just like that has kind of been the common thread throughout my life. And so that Mm -hmm, has basically mm -hmm. been the work of the last several years for me is learning how to start putting myself first. And I I guess the biggest thing is like learning what it is that I want and what I like, because I could never answer that. Like when people would ask me the question, what do you like to do for fun? It's like, I don't Mm. know. I would like pull these really random generic things like, oh, I like spending time with my friends. I like reading. Yeah. I, like all those things that like everybody says.
0: Oh
1: my God. So yeah, yeah. it's like, this yeah. has been the struggle and the work that I've been going through for the last several years. I think a lot of people can relate to that though.
0: <laughs> did that sort of, when people would ask you that question, when you were sort of in the normal people pleasing patterns, did that kind of wake you up and say like, okay, why do I not know? Or was it just like, oh, well, you know, yeah, I like reading and I like hanging out with my friends, but I don't think it, it doesn't go deeper than that for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that was that sort of like, oh wait a minute,
1: shouldn't I know that kind of, yeah. It was like it kind of led me to just the self-criticism part of me. It's like, what is wrong with me? I don't know what I oh, like to do yes. for fun. But then yeah. and then I just felt like a complete fraud when I would say that because it's like, okay, I say I like reading and I like hanging out with my friends, but I don't really even do either of those things. Like, oh, you know, yes. I, and it took oh forever, God. like forever for me to really figure out what the whole issue behind that was. And it was like, I do like reading, and I do like hanging out with my friends. But mm-hmm. the thing is that I never prioritized those things because they didn't really serve yes. other people, which is mm-hmm. where I subconsciously got all of my self-worth from. So it's like I didn't prioritize it because I didn't feel like it was like worth my time or productive, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, it absolutely does. Um, especially when you... Productive, that word (laughs) usage. Um, With people pleasing, you automatically assign tasks that have to do or affect other people as more productive and tasks that have to do with your own self-care as least productive. So the self-care tasks always go to the bottom of the list or just don't get done because you're putting all of the other more productive (laughs) tasks. I don't know. I I can totally relate to that because it's... It's just, that is the way it is. So how did you begin to pivot that, you know, inner perspective of other people's needs are more valuable than mine? How did that sort of change? How did that uh, mindset change?
1: Well, I like to joke that I was not a very fast learner in that department, (laughs) I had I had so. What was much. it? Was it the guilt, shame? Yeah. Well, and or I just think it's familiarity. Just, I think it was a mix of all of those things. Um, like mm, I have,
0: yep.
1: I have a lot of kind of covert childhood trauma in my past that really, like, a lot of emotional trauma and neglect, and so I really have been struggling, you know, I had been struggling a lot with just being really dissociated from like my feelings and my emotions and like what I wanted and all of those things. And so it, Mm -hmm. it like literally took me hitting the wall so hard with burnout, like two or three times (laughs) because I would like, hit the wall and I'd have this like massive mental health breakdown. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would mm-hmm. I would see my doctor, I would do the therapy, I would, you know, kind of just essentially put a band-aid on it. And then I would go back to yeah. all those old behaviors because I still hadn't really gotten yeah. to the root of things. So it took me kind of going around that mountain several times before i realized kind of the whole root of what was driving me to mm-hmm. act like this and so it's like mm-hmm. you know it just took a lot of i don't know repetition <laughs> i guess like i hit, i had to go through a lot of yeah, i had to go through burnout several times and then it finally you know, I finally had this realization, I think, where I was like, okay, how many times are we going to do this? I need to switch up the tactics here because like (laughs) I'm not getting very far, obviously.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's try this again. (laughs) Okay, that's awesome. Yes, please, please switch up (laughs) the strategy. That's good. How did you keep, I mean, like, so you didn't, throughout all of it, continuing to hit this wall, you still were like, okay, I want to be, I want to fix this. I want to be better. Like, we need to figure this out. How were you able to sort of keep that uh, focus, that vision?
1: Well, I think honestly, having my kids was the main driver of that change because, you know, I Mm. saw, like, I am so tightly tied to those people-pleasing tendencies that I think it took Mm. me being responsible for raising little people for me to be like, okay, let's take an actual deep look at what is happening here because I do not want to pass this Mm -hmm. on to them. And so I think that was really the... Thing that prompted me to break the cycles that I was in, and that mm-hmm. it's like a, it was like, it's been like a generational thing in my family. And so, you know, I think a lot of people can relate to that because, you know, we see so yes. much, especially like on social media these days, about the importance and the work of being a cycle breaker. And I think that it's so much more in the forefront of people's minds these days. And so I think that's a really good thing because there's so much generational trauma that is just perpetuating and, like, compounding, like, generation after generation after generation. And so, yes, yeah, doing the work is, like, yes. not super fun, but it's so rewarding when like you see your kids acting in like a different way than you were raised and it's like, ah, uh, it's, it makes it worth it, you know?
0: <laughs> uh, they, and I'm, sh- I'm a hundred percent sure that they appreciate it and are cheering you on as well. <laughs> I know that I am in all of us who are going through the same things. And I really liked how you were honest about, you know, I had to you know, go around the mountain a few times. Like I had to essentially approach this problem and have it smack me in the face a few times because a lot of us are getting smacked in the face and thinking like, am I ever going to Am I ever going to break this cycle? Am I going to step out of this? Because why do I keep this keep happening? So that's super inspiring and just so helpful for you to share that. So the self-care, the self-care coaching, how does an individual who, you know, maybe um, going through the same thing, dealing with self-sabotage, um, people pleasing, um, lack of self-worth, all of these things that we can really limit us a, a ton in ways that we don't even know. How does a self-care coaching, um, you know, help these people or guide these people?
1: So the whole approach that I take with my um, self-care coaching clients is like... I want to help them not have to go through burnout and like massive mental health issues multiple times before they start like, you know, getting their shit together, (laughs) for lack of a better term. It's like, I want to kind of help speed that process up so that they can learn from some of the mistakes I've made and... You know, just like my experience and my expertise, and you know, I just kind of want to, you know, as as a as a helper and uh, and a giver. Mm-hmm, like I mm-hmm. just want to like give mm-hmm. everybody all the stuff that I've learned, so that they can kind of just uh-huh. like. It, get the help that they need to dig themselves out of like those negative behavior and thought patterns and kind of just like, you know, it would be nice to have our generation kind of just all become so self-aware and like break the cycles of like the negative stuff that we picked up as kids and like not have our kids and our grandkids have to deal with that stuff.
0: I love how you, you keep bringing it back to the generational too, because it's <laughs> it's so true how impactful it is for us growing up in those environments to then be, have to go through, you know, these cathartic healing journeys. And, and, and for you specifically, like, and for all women who are having children who are like, okay, I know that I'm doing this, I know that this was given to me, but I'm gonna consciously make an effort to not hand this to my children, which is mm-hmm. very difficult um a huge burden, but it truly it has you know invaluable um immeasurable impact because your your children are gonna you know it stops there okay well I'm yeah. carrying help like healthy habits now healthy ways of of coping mm-hmm. setting boundaries things that we struggled with so, so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's just such an amazing thing. So I do have one last question for you before we wrap up. Is uh, is there any sort of tool or resource would you say that um, when you were sort of trying to break the the people-pleasing habits, even though I do, and I like how you're still honoring the, the fact that you like to give, but in a healthy way with your coaching, mm-hmm. because it's not, not like you're like, I'm completely stepping back from, you know, being an Edward Cullen, like, people pleaser, you know? like I'm (laughs) I'm stepping back from that. (laughs) I'm becoming, you know, but no, you still are like, no, I'm still honoring that side of myself because that is still a natural side of yourself, but you're giving it in a healthy way. So Mm. is there a way for other people to, or is there a way for a random person to be like, To, you know, today or tomorrow, okay, how can I be better at, you know, uh, honoring myself, you know, and and caring for myself, essentially, That, that core self care?
1: Yeah. So honestly, I think the boundary work was the biggest game changer for me because that really kind of encompasses. A lot of the different things that you need to learn and practice mm. as you're healing and trying to, you know, put yourself first more. And, you know, instead, one of the things that my therapist really had to work with me on was when I'm faced with a choice or a challenge or like a new situation, instead of going through my default of like looking outward and looking Mm -hmm. for what other people think or how other people would perceive it. Instead, like turning inward and being like, how do I feel about it first? So boundary Mm. work really kind of brings all of that together. And so that is one of the best ways, I think, to try to start practicing this. And so I really just dove into books and audiobooks and, mm. you know, all that kind of stuff. One of yeah. my yeah. absolute favorites is by Nedra glover Tawab, and it's called Set Boundaries, Find Peace, I think. Mm-hmm. And so she mm-hmm. has a book and a workbook, which is, like, super helpful for, like, mm-hmm. doing the reflection. That was, like, a huge helpful um, thing that like helped switch my mindset up around that kind of stuff.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I, um, as a personal also bookworm, I love hearing (laughs) about any um, sort of like material that I can read and consume and also with a workbook too. Mm. Could you say that title in that author one more time for everybody?
1: Yeah. So it's Set Boundaries, Find Peace And the author is Nedra glover Tawab, And it's really amazing and super, super practical, which Mm -hmm. I really gravitate towards. And the beautiful thing about her book and her workbook is that she poses so many different scenarios that we as people pleasers or like people struggling with perfectionism or whatever, um, Tend to struggle with, and it hmm. forces us to think through how we might approach that differently from more of a self-care boundaries Ooh. perspective. So it's like it's very, very helpful. <laughs> Highly I like recommend. That.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking that up. Yeah, <laughs>
1: thank you. There's
0: somebody who also struggles so much with that. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for that. So, Callie, this has been such an um, enlightening and wonderful and an amazing conversation. I really love how honest and vulnerable you've been and transparent about the process of, you know, learning about yourself and learning how to uh, have more, uh, a healthier outlet for the giving Mm
1: -hmm. instead
0: of, um, you know, turning towards people pleasing. Like, I even think those are two different um, avenues, just two completely different
1: um Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it comes from like it comes
1: from like two different places within yourself it's like the excessive self-sacrifice versus like intentional you know giving to other people out of the goodness of your heart kind of
0: right out of the overflow yes instead of having to take away Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah I love that um so before we wrap up is there anything that you want to leave or share with the audience
1: I would just really like to encourage the audience, if they feel like they're struggling in this area, don't feel like there's something wrong with you if you keep hitting up against the same wall time after time. Sometimes it just takes going through it. A whole bunch of times in a row before you finally get it through, that you're like, okay, I got to switch things up because that happened to me. I can be a really stubborn person. And so, and that (sighs) combined with like, you know, having the really deeply ingrained trauma responses and thought patterns that come from that, just give yourself grace and patience, and you know, you'll get there. Just keep working on it.
0: Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I love that. All of those reminders, and also, honestly, like this this whole episode just got me thinking. Like, you know what? You know what? I haven't watched Twilight in a long time. I think <laughs> I'm gonna come back after this, and I may turn it on. Like, I'm so serious. Like, I'm like, you know, when's the last time i actually seen Edward Cullen? I don't know, <laughs> but I really, really like. I really, really need to. So you know, and so like well.
1: seriously, Callie, yeah, the Twilight thing is like. I rewatched it a couple of years ago, and I was like, why was I and everybody else so obsessed with this? <laughs> <The movie laughs> <somebody did. laughs> like, no disrespect, Rob. No, no disrespect, <laughs> but like, I don't even recognize you. I, I think I he would you honestly there. be the first person <laughs> to agree with us.
0: <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs>
1: he would be literally he's punching the air right now knowing (laughs) that we're talking about
0: him in twilight (laughs) 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 truly. Oh gosh. Well, Callie, seriously, this was such a, uh, an incredible conversation. Thank you so much. And thank you for sharing the resource that worked best for you. Everybody that's listening, please follow up with Callie, check out her information. I'm going to be including it in the episode description. Um, And take what she's saying to heart, truly, in that you're not a failure if you are, you know, coming up against the same obstacles, these same sort of um, behaviors and patterns. Just like Callie said, they are deeply ingrained. These are things that we are doing subconsciously that have been, um, you know, sort of... uh, sort of inserted into our lives and into our thinking patterns without us knowing. So you have to give yourself a lot of patience and give yourself a lot of grace. And I just I really love the energy of this interview as well. So just thank you again, Callie, for for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Yes, you are so welcome. And you are more than welcome to come back too. I just want to make that clear. You are more than welcome to come back.
1: I would love to. Yay,
0: yay. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so part two guys T- stay tuned. And with that, everybody, um, I hope you love this episode. I I personally always, every single time I sit down and I have these um, interviews, I always walk away like, wow, this, this is cathartic. This is helpful. This is making me feel just so filled. And also like I'm learning so much. Um, and it's just making, just motivating me so much to want to be better. And I hope that you guys feel the same. So as always, you guys, I love each and every one of you, and please do not forget to bloom where you are planted.